0: All right, so if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We have a bunch of Bibles here, uh, and someone will come around and they'll give you a Bible. So feel free to raise your hand, and someone will pass out a Bible to you. All right, so we uh, we are in the Book of Romans here. If you are not familiar with our church, what we do is we usually go through books of the Bible. Sometimes we do series and things like that, but for the most part, the majority of what we preach out of is books of the Bible, and we're preaching out of Romans right now. And we are in chapter 12. So here's kind of a mini recap. So chapters 1 through 11 was essentially the gospel and its implications, right? It was all kinds of things. It was things how we sin and we need a holy God to save us. It was how God extends his mercy to his people. It's how God has extended his mercy to the Gentiles. It was all kinds of things uh, uh, about the gospel. And then a couple weeks ago, we kind of transitioned where, where Romans takes this kind of pivot where, where now it's becoming a little bit more action-oriented. And you'll see this in, in the letters that Paul wrote. Is Often he'll start off with the heavy truths about God and then he'll pivot towards these actions that we can take as Christians. And so a couple of weeks ago, Nate talked about being living sacrifices. This idea that the true worship is not just singing and praising God, but it's that taking our lives and living them for God, that every aspect of our lives would be lived for God. And then, Vince talked about the gifts and, and how we can use these gifts to to, to love and serve God. And, and so now we're in this mini-series where, where Paul is giving us all these different commands on how we can love and serve God. And so we're in this mini-love series, uh, and, and it's it basically commands Paul gives in order to help us um, love the world better today, I kind of give you like a brief what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through this verse. It's only one verse, as you saw. There's two commands in it. We'll spend a little bit of time on the first command. It's something we, we talk about a lot, but we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about outdoing one another in honor and showing honor. Okay? And so we'll spend some time on that. We'll get inspired by how Jesus showed us honor, and then we'll I'm just gonna talk about some ways we can per, honor people in our personal lives and some ways we can honor people on a societal scale like the rest of through the rest of society. Quick little story though. So years ago I uh, probably in high school I was part of a kids ministry team like kids church for a number of years whatever. And a lot of times I had to teach the Bible story. And so I'd go up and I'd would, I would teach the Bible story and if you've ever taught young kids the Bible story, it's probably one of the most, well, A Bible story. It's one of the most frustrating things you can do. Uh, because this is what happens. You go Okay, David. You know, David went to the stream to pick rocks up, five rocks up. He was gonna use those against Goliath. And then Kim raised her hand. You're like, oh, great, he's into it. What's your What's your question, man? Yeah. Hey. Um. This one time, uh, my dad locked me outside the house, and he wouldn't let me back in. I was pounding. And I was crying. And then I started throwing rocks, and then I broke the window. And then you're like, how do I recover? How do I keep teaching the Bible? And then you're like, do I have the number to CPS? Because that's pretty sketchy story. That's like a sketchy story. Like, what's going on here? And so, like, in kids' church, what happens is you start to tell something, and these kids in kids' church, they just get so excited, and they hear rocks. It's like, let me tell you a story about rocks. And then, like, or, like, whatever they hear, oh, I have a friend named David who likes Batman, or whatever, like, they do that so much, it's so frustrating. Uh, disciplined children, and I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, displeasing children, but uh, but uh, and so I kind of feel like Paul's doing this in these verses a little bit, right? So he's like, okay, let's live as living sacrifices, and now I got a lot of ideas of how to do that, right? He's like, you gotta love, it. you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do. This. You gotta do this. He's just like going crazy, okay? So uh, it frustrates me a little bit that Paul speaks like this, but hey, yeah, I guess God wants to hear it that way. It's kind of fun, so. Let's turn our Bible to Romans chapter 12, and we'll get into it today. All right, short, verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Love one another with brotherly affection. So let's talk about this brotherly affection for a second. Now, I don't know in this verse if the brotherly affection is connected to the honoring part. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I, I think it can be, but I don't know if it is. It could be just Paul kind of spouting off a bunch of things he wants us to do. But, but we really don't know. But I do know that this is something that's important. That, that we need to love the people around us like brothers and sisters. Especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? We need to treat them as family members because ultimately Jesus has adopted us into his family. And so I think we need to, we really need to try and live this out. Because sometimes I get it, we go to like a small group or something, and we're like, yeah, I hang out with that person once a week. Was that really how family is? is that, and we all come from different families and we all do family differently. But if we really try to look at well, what's the biblical view of family, are we really, as brothers and sisters, trying to live that out? And so I just want to challenge us to, to really try to do that, to really try to live this idea of, of loving one another with a brotherly affection, with a brotherly love. For some of you, that, that sounds bad because you had a, a jerk of a brother or something, but I think God is talking from a, from a, a family stance that is not broken and marred by sin. And I, and I think that if we did this, this next command, the thing that we're going to talk the majority about, this honoring would be easier. Here's what I mean. So the closest thing I have to a brother is my brother, Luke, and uh, and he's nine years younger than me, and so I remember when he's born, I remember his baby, he's so much younger than me, and uh, I remember him growing up, and my brother, Luke, he's a little bit crazy, um, and by crazy, I mean very mean, and so, uh, and he's just now, he's 17, he's just now kind of getting out of that. Uh, stuff. But one thing that was, he was infamous for in our family was we'd go out to dinner and he'd throw a tantrum over the, the silliest of things, just like lose his mind, just be literally cussing out my mom, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and so we'd have to lay the beak down on him. And uh, not really, we'd just throw him in his room. Um, and, and even now, as a teenager, all the time, we'll say, Luke, do you want to go out with us? Where are you going? We're going here. I don't like that place. Or he'll go with us, and he'll just complain the whole time, like, I can't believe this, the napkins here. Are you serious? They're blue. Like, I, like. I, it sounds like I'm joking, but he really doesn't. And, and uh, I hope he listens to this. And uh, and he just loses his mind. And so every week it's hilarious, because my mom says, we are never taking Luke to dinner again. And I'm like, yes. Who cares about that kid? And But then... But then what ends up happening next, because my parents go out to dinner every Friday night. It's like a family thing. The next Friday night, we're like, hey, Luke, do you want to come with us? Right? We're like, hey, Luke, okay, you don't want to come with us? Well, what, what would you like? We'll pick up what you like. And so my brother Luke, he's this guy that, that does not deserve for us to, to show him any honor or respect. And yet we end up, because he's our family, because he's our brother, we end up every week kind of going through this thing with him where we're showing him honor and respect anyways. And so let's move on to this idea of what is honor and what does it mean for us to outdo one another in showing honor. And so Paul is saying, he's telling us now, outdo one another in showing honor. So, so honor means, the dictionary definition is just it's high respect or esteem. And when it's a verb like it is here, it means to regard with great respect. It's to look at someone and, and treat them as if they deserve great respect. Right? We honor many people in our society. We honor the, the present, hopefully. We honor people above us. We honor leaders, mostly. We try to honor people. We try to show them great respect. And so Paul here is saying, outdo one another in showing honor. You need to look at your Christian brothers and you need to show them more honor than they are showing you. It's a little bit competitive, which is kind of fun. The Bible's a little bit competitive right here. And so I like that. Vince has Vince compared it to fighting over who gets to open the door, right? Like, no, let me open the door. No, let me open the door. No, let me. it's ridiculous, because that would be dumb. But he's making the point. Vince is making the point that, that, that we need to outdo one another. We really need to go out of our way to try and show and regard each other with such great respect that, that, it, that it might look ridiculous. And so, before, I, I want to look at why is Paul saying this? Why is Paul saying, man, i one another fine. Why is this a way of loving people well? I want to be, sometimes I read commands in the Bible, I'm like, why do that? Why? And a lot of times, it's because Jesus did this first. I say almost every time, Jesus did this first. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to John 13 really quick. John 13. We'll be in verse 3. And so, What we're going to see here is a story that I hope inspires us to outdo one another with showing honor. Verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Okay, so this is like a weird story, okay? So to set it up, this is like the last meal Jesus is having with his disciples before he's arrested, betrayed, and killed. And so what he decides to do is he gets up, gets a towel, takes off a shirt or whatever, and starts washing people, all his disciples' feet. Here, here's something that we might not know about, about this. This was a task that, that wouldn't even be given to slaves of the time. They wouldn't even require slaves to wash their master's feet because the master's like, that's too gross. That's too disgusting. I'm sure there's some things, if you're creative in a minute here, that that you can think of that you would never make someone do or clean on you. That's all there. Sorry. Um, And yet Jesus, the Lord of the universe, the God of the universe, the guy guy that created everything, he stoops down and he begins to regard his disciples with great respect. He begins to honor them by washing all of their feet. Now these guys are knuckleheads. I don't know if you've ever read through the gospel, but all the time Jesus is like, love your neighbor. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, love your neighbor. Like, I can't do it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, all the time, we're like, Jesus is like, okay, we little pop quiz. What do you do in this situation? And they're like, I don't know. Uh, talk to the devil? No! Like, no! Like, all the time. They're just, it's not that bad, (laughs) but like all the time, they're just messing up. They're just, they don't get it. And and yet Jesus says, okay, this is my last night with them. If it was my last night with them, I'd be like, okay, guys, get it together. Like, I'm about to die. Right? Like, I would say that. But he he instead says, I'm going to show them love. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to wash their feet. And what's even crazier is Judas is one of these guys. He's washing his feet. Now, if you don't know the story Jesus, Judas Is a guy that betrays Jesus later. He's the one that shows the Roman guards where Jesus is praying, and he takes them, and he helps arrest Jesus, essentially. This guy that's been hanging out with Jesus for three years, seeing all the amazing things he's done, and Jesus knows it. He even says in 13 that he knew that Judas was going to do this, and yet he still chose to regard Judas with this honor, with this great respect. I think that when we begin to realize that because Jesus did this because Jesus began to show people what he was about it flipped everything upside down and I I hope it can inspire us to to honor our neighbor and honor the people around us and outdo one another and show me honor because if the the God of the universe can do this task that they would not even make slaves do I think that we can honor the world around us a little bit better Here's here's a problem with honor. Here's here's basically what I think is the biggest enemy to us doing this well, right? I could say, okay, guys, go out there, honor people. Here's some ways to do it, whatever. But I want to talk to you, why why don't we outdo each other in showing honor? Because uh, really, we don't all the time. If we're if we're honest all the time, we feel dishonored by people. We feel like people aren't treating us with respect. People aren't treating us with regard. And so here's what I think the enemy. To outdoing, to showing honor is, and that is entitlement. I think we're entitled. We think we're all entitled. At least. Right? We got this weird entitlement like dichotomy in our culture. We have on the one hand this this kind of entitlement that says just because you exist, you deserve everything. That's like what America whispers in our ear, right? Like you exist, now you deserve everything. Right? And over and over again, like every commercial, like you deserve everything. Over and over again. And we hear that. And, and there's actually some truth in, in that. Not that we deserve everything, but that, that God has inherently put honor in us or a, a, a need to be honored because the image of God is on us. That deserves to be respected. That deserves to be shown dignity. But we take it to a whole other level where we say, no, I need it. You need to give me all this honor. You need to show me all this honor. And then also there's this kind of dichotomy where we earn honor. We earn our honor. We think we're entitled because of all these things we've done. We think we deserve all this honor because of who we are or what classes we take or what job we have or or whatever it is. We're like, yes, I deserve honor. I deserve it. You know, uh, It's as easy as, like, in my family, especially my extended family that aren't really Christians, all the time, they'll ask me, hey, Anthony, what are you up to? What are you working? What are you doing? And I'll say, hey, I work as a PE teacher, and da 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 and I'm also kind of working for a church, but, like, for free, and they're like, okay, like, let's, well, what about what are you really going to do? And, like, and they get on me because they don't see that as deserving respect or honor. And then there's this thing in me that's like, man, I just need to get to this level so that they might... Honor me more, so that they might respect me more. And so, our culture has this culture of entitlement, whether it's earned by the works we do, the things we do, or or it's just because you exist and you deserve everything because you're just so cute and wonderful. And that's not that's that's just not what Jesus presented. Right? That's not how Jesus presented honor. Right? When Jesus regarded people with great respect, it was not because of anything they did. Right? The, the, the Pharisees and the religious people, they memorized the Bible. And Jesus was yelling at them all the time. Right? He was like, you guys don't get it. I'm going to flip over some tables and fight you. Like, and it's was just like doing all this stuff. And he did not regard them with great honor and respect, even though they might have deserved it in man's eyes. But what he did is he, he went to parties with sinners. He ate meals with sinners, with people that had diseases, people that were prostitutes, all kinds of sinners, traitors to the Jewish culture, the tax collectors. But he hung out with them. And then even when he called his 12 disciples, he called a bunch of dudes that failed out of religious school, like guys that were fishermen, guys that couldn't quite memorize it all. He, He took these guys in and showed them great respect and honor because Jesus was flipping the honor system. Around And Jesus was essentially saying, the only honor we get is given by God. Right? The only honor we get is not deserved. It is given only by God. So even when we need to treat each other with dig- dignity and respect, it's because God has put his image on us. It's because God has put his image on every single human. Thank you. And, and, and so God... The only honor we ever deserve is, is undeserved. We, we don't deserve any honor, actually. And so God gives us all the honor that we could ever have or want. And that, that's really the gospel, right? That Jesus said, you know what? I could just destroy everybody for messing this thing up. Or I could come and I could redeem all of these people. I could honor them enough to come and live as a human amongst them. And so, and so Jesus did that. As he said, I can honor you enough instead of requiring you guys to live out morality perfectly, I'm going to live it out perfectly. And, and Jesus did that. What's more is he built relationships with all these people while he's doing that. He showed people love. He showed people love. right? You don't, you don't get a ton of people, like sinners and followers that way if you're not loving them well. right? He loved these people so well they felt this love from Jesus. He showed them that this honor and respect that he didn't deserve, that they didn't deserve. And then he died on the cross. Right? He took on the punishment for our sins. And this is the gospel, is that Jesus has done everything we need to, to experience him, to be with him, to live forever with him. And so Jesus died, takes on the punishment for our sins, and then raises, and he's like, hey, share in this resurrected life with me. Right? Our culture says, hey, everybody deserves a trophy now. They used to not say that. You say like, "Hey, you have to work really hard to get a trophy, right?" But now, if you're on a soccer team, and I don't know if this is good or bad, whatever, it probably makes kids softer, in my opinion. Um, but everybody gets a trophy. I did. I, that's that's my generation. I go to soccer, and I remember being like, "Oh man, we didn't get this. We didn't get the trophy." Well, let's go to Pew Park Pizza Party anyways. And we go there, and then there's all these trophies. We, I'm like, "Why did we get a trophy?" Yeah, all right, right? Jesus says nobody deserves the trophy. Jesus said, no one deserves it. No one deserves this trophy because of our sin. But Jesus says, but I want to give you the trophy. I want to offer you the trophy because of my work. Right? I want. Jesus is like, I want. I want you to have the trophy. I want you to have the trophy because, not because you deserve it, because I want to give it to you. I want to honor you. I want to respect you. I want to regard you with respect. And so when we want to honor people, that should be our main motive. Right? As Christians, when we want to outdo one another in honor, our our flinch is, no, I don't want to because that person's mean. Right? That's our flinch. Like my mom's flinch with my brother. We are never taking Luke to dinner again, however, right? That's that's our flinch. But hopefully we can look and say, man, I don't deserve honor at all. I'm a sinner, I do what I want, I have I've had no regard for God in many instances, even though He's the only one. Deserving of respect and regard, and God says, "No, I want to respect you. I want to honor you." And we should take that and go, "Man, that should make it easy for me to honor those around." You. So I want to I want to take some time to talk about how can we outdo one another in showing honor. I want to give us some feet. I don't want to just give you the idea of that verse. I want to say some specific things where we can take some time and and talk about how we can outdo one another in showing honor. Okay, and so this is where we're going to talk about how we can honor people in in our personal lives, okay, if you're a note taker. And then we're going to talk about how we can honor people on a societal scale, in society, as a, as a, a society as a whole, okay? And forgive me, I'm going to sound a little bit like Paul here. Okay, because I'm excited, I'm like, yes, it's honor, it's honor, right? I'm going to say a bunch of different things we can do, and they kind of go there, and they kind of don't, and I just want to say a bunch of things, though, to get, just to kind of inspire us and move us towards honoring, because some of us are good at honoring each other in one area, but not in the other, so I want to talk about things. So first, the personal level. Ways we can honor each other on a personal level. First things first, I'm a realist, i uh, just kidding, uh, I don't know why I did that. Uh, Facebook, okay? I'm going there. We need to be better at honoring each other on Facebook. This is a silly example, but I'm still using it. Uh, I go on Facebook, and I can't tell you how often I get angry. It's every time I go on Facebook. And and it's because I just see so many argue. Like right now, there's six billion arguments happening on Facebook. That's not a real stat. Uh, but there's so many, and it's not nice arguments. Like, they're usually not nice disagreements. Sometimes they are, but a lot of times it's like, you're so stupid because you believe in that. And it's just like going back and forth. And what breaks my heart the most is all my church friends, <laughs> right? It's all my church friends doing this. My non Christian friends, just have a ton. it's very rarely that they're posting something. And if it is, it's the really crazy friends, or whatever, right? But a lot of my church friends, will post a picture that says something, whatever, and then huge arguments. Right, something that doesn't pertain to God or the gospel at all, and I can only, and, but end up bringing God and the gospel into it, and and I can only imagine that their non-Christian friends are going like, that's why I'm not a Christian. I don't want to argue every day on Facebook, like, and so we can do a lot better job of honoring each other on Facebook or just in social media in general. Say things in nice ways. I'm the kind of person I'm a little bit sensitive on social media, so someone could say something not mean mean it in a mean way at all, I'm like, that really hurt my feelings. Blocked. Um, <laughs> right? And so, but even though we need to we need to think of ways to to say that extra line in, in the sentence, the social media, email, whatever it is, just to show a little bit more honor. Okay, that, that was just kind of like a silly example to the break that. The next way we can honor people is in our neighborhood. Right? we can actually honor our neighbors. We can outdo one another, in showing honor to our neighbors. Right. So here's what I was trying to do. I had someone. I live in an apartment. Someone lives below me, and they, read, uh, and so they're moving in, and I heard them moving in. So I'm like, I gotta help this person. I gotta be more like Jesus. And so I go out and I go and I help her move in, and oh, it's great, whatever. And then guess what? Then she helped me bring my groceries inside, and then the next day or that week, she gave us cookies. So she is outdoing me is showing honor. I hope she's Christian, but I don't think she is. And so it's it's just it there's all kinds of ways we can, in our just in our neighborhoods, outdo one another and showing honor. Like we should go out of our way to do things. I know, I know there's all kinds of fiascos in like neighborhoods with the dumpsters that wheel out and wheel back in. Like I've I've seen arguments, I've been in neighborhoods where people are arguing. What if you just like were really cool to your neighbors about that situation? Like, what if you brought in their trash can for? Might think you're a burglar at first, but whatever. Like, there's all kinds of ways. Get creative with it. All right. Another place we can outdo one another showing honors in our workplaces. Okay, this is a place where it can be very difficult because we're we're literally paid for what we do, right? And so then when someone is like, "Can you do more of my job?" and you're like, "Well, I'm not paid for your job, like, and you, and and you don't want to do that stuff." But what if we said, "Who cares if I'm not paid?" For your job. And you should say that in your head, not out loud, to the person. And you just help them. And you just decide to, if someone's like, hey, can you lock up everything? Yeah, I'll lock up everything today. Hey, I left this mess out. Sorry. And what if you just cleaned up that mess? Whatever it is. That would it's extremely honoring for people to do stuff like that. Another place that we can outdo one another, show honor. Is in our families. This is where I think I've experienced a lot of like entitlement uh, in my life, where I just feel like my family needs to love me because I'm the brother. Or whatever it is. And there's for whatever reason in my family this sense of entitlement just like lived and, and breathed and bred. Right? Like so here's an example, even in my family right now, with Jessica, so we she gets mad at me a lot, because I don't do the dishes so much. And, uh, and I deserve it. My thoughts go to this point. I go, well, I actually only use about one to three dishes a week. Don't ask me how. And, <laughs> and <laughs> these dishes are really all the dishes you use. And, I, and I'll say that to her sometimes. And that's a fight. And, <laughs> but if I was really trying to outdo her and showing honor, I would just wash the dishes. Right? I would just do this right away, no problem. And and there's all kinds of things in our family or the people we live with that we can just really outdo one another to show an honor. Uh, I think the idea too of honor is just showing each other respect. And so, I, I hate that I'm like preaching this, but be polite, <laughs> like be nice to each other, right? Like just be overly polite. And if you're labeled as an overly polite person, that's good, right? And, and that shows that you're, you're overly honoring people. You're outdoing your brothers and sisters and showing honor, right? The last way I want to talk about how we can honor people is in, in our personal lives is inviting someone into your life. So here at Redemption, we say the phrase all life long for Jesus. We even put it on shirts and sold them to you guys, right? And we think that, we really believe that. We think all of life is all for Jesus. Like, we don't think that the, that the preacher is more important than the plumber, right? In, in our congregation, we don't think that, that one person has more importance or significance than another. And we think that everything matters. We think that God has placed you in your life, wherever it is, whether you're a teacher, a plumber, a nurse, whatever job or thing that you have, God has placed you there for a specific reason to use you so that some might reach out and find God. And so we think all of life is all for Jesus. And what would, would be amazing is if we invited people into our lives, right? There's ways that there's, some of you can disciple working moms out there better than I can, right? There's ways that there's people out there that, that can disciple plumbers better than I can. And it sounds kind of ridiculous, like, what are you like, yeah, I just use this wrench or whatever, but like, and that's a little bit of it, but the bigger part of it is like, when those same kind of frustrations and those same kind of things happen in your life that cause you to forget Jesus, or cause you to forget the gospel, then the other plumber can say, hey, this is how I remember the gospel, and this is how I remember Jesus, in the midst of those kinds of frustrations and things that cause me to forget Jesus. So it's extremely honoring to invite someone into your life, it is. They might not see it that way because we're all entitled, right? It's like, yeah, of course I'm into your life. Um, but it's extremely honoring to invite someone into your life, especially in this, this point of all of life. What if you just invited them into your day-to-day activities or your night, nightly activities or, or just to sit around with your family and see how you interact as a father, a mother, a brother, or sister? These are all extremely honoring things and so we usually give you guys like an application point, something to do. That's what I want you guys to do this week. Invite someone in your life. Invite someone in your life in a different component, in a different component than something churchy, like RCs or Sundays or whatever. Invite them into some of your day-to-day activities and see what God does in it. It's gonna, sometimes it's just awkward at first, but eventually it gets to be where. You do get to push each other towards loving Jesus better. Okay, so that's your application point for this week. So there's all sorts of ways in our personal lives that we can honor one another. And we need to, as Christians, to outdo each other in showing honor, showing respect, showing regard. Now let's go on to the, how can we show honor on a societal level? How can we... And here's the first step to showing honor on a societal level, is to look at parts of our society that aren't shown honor, that aren't shown respect, that aren't regarded with respect. Now, our culture is very politically correct, and we would we would never say these things like we don't respect them, and we don't honor, honor them, but we show that we don't honor people and we don't respect people with our lives, by whom we let into it. And, like, here, here's, a, here's to me something that I think shows a lack of respect, is there's this flinch in us, especially with the homeless population, is when a homeless person comes up to us and, and asks for money. I can't tell you how many Christians I've talked to that say, oh, yeah, that person's just going to take it, they're going to booze it up, and they're going to get drunk or whatever. And that might be true, right? Recently, actually, I, uh, a homeless person came up to me and was like, hey, man, I want to buy this backpack at Goodwill. And, you know, and there's this sinful thing in me and It's like, oh, there's always a story whatever, right, and there's this, and, and, and he's like, I want to go get this backpack at Goodwill, it's five bucks, I was wondering if I could have any money for it, I happen to have a five, I was like, sure man, whatever, Jesus loves you, and he goes, I'm like, he's probably like, getting a drink right now, and I pulled out of Walgreens, because that's where I was, I like, went in, got whatever, and this guy, he's walking down the street with a new backpack on, and I was like, oh, you really bought a backpack, you really wanted a backpack. And, and I need to take that simple stuff in me that says, I don't want to respect you. I don't want to regard you with respect. And so there, there's this societal level that we can start to, as Christians, look at who is society not honoring? Who do they say are the untouchables? They might not say it, but how do they live in ways that say that these people are untouchables? So what if we ask ourselves, how can we honor the homeless population? How can we outdo one another in showing honor to What about the the addicted? We see tons of people that are addicted, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. How can we look at those people and say, how can I invite them in my life? How can I not put all these parameters on our relationship so that I'm absolutely safe? Because guess what? Even if you die, you get to be with Jesus if you're really a Christian. And so we shouldn't have much to fear. What about the mentally ill? What about... Those with jobs that we don't have dignity, right? There, there's all kinds of jobs that are like, I would never do that. That's the worst. But really, God has made all work. God, God as long as it's not sinful, God says there's dignity in all work. So how can we honor the McDonald's employee? Right now you go to McDonald's, just me. Uh, how can we honor the waitress that keeps forgetting to bring the ranch Right? Well, how can we honor these people that our society says, we don't need to honor them. They need to earn respect. Right? How can we honor all these people? What about the illegal immigrant? That's a big thing that I hear a lot of people say. Oh, they're illegal. Right? How can we honor those people? How can we outdo one another's those Christians, showing them honor? In spite of their sin. If you're like, I can't honor a sinner. Well, Jesus did. Right? Jesus honored the sinner. So we need to begin to look at ways and how, how can we outdo one another showing honor to these parts of society that don't receive honor? And, and maybe sometimes our society shows honor to them in ways that are, are misguided or messed up. How can we improve upon those ways? We need to think of ways to do this, we need to do this as Christians, and we need to do it to a level where we're just outdoing one another and showing honor. I want to close with two stories. They're both about honoring. One's about honoring on a personal level and one's about honoring on a societal scale. The first story is actually uh, something I experienced. So a few months ago, I think in December, I preached a sermon and I was kind of open about some of the hard things I was going through, right? And um, to to kind of illustrate the point. And um, Carol Padron, actually, uh, Nathan's mom, she came up to me um, that Sunday, she's like, oh, I'm sorry you're going through that. I, I know how you feel. She said that, I know how you feel. I was like, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. And she goes, and then the next time I saw her, I think it was the next Sunday, she came up to me, and she said, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry that I said I know how you feel, because I'm not going through those things right now, and I, I don't want you to feel like I belittled what you said. And in reality, I didn't even think that way at all. In reality, I was just like, thankful that she cared about me, and she's saying, I know how you feel, and all that. But she was going out of her way to honor me. And I'm just some 26-year-old punk that is complaining, right, in a sermon. And she, she, she loved me enough to say, hey, I'm sorry I like, had a little what well, you said, but she was being caring all the while. How honoring is that? On a personal level, that, that's extremely honorable. And I would love to be able I'm sure we have tons of stories like this already. I would love if I saw more stories like that in our congregation. I like, man, this person didn't even need to apologize or this person didn't even need to uh, preface this statement, but they did, and it encouraged me, and, and it helped me. That's my <laughs> that's a personal story. Now, here's a societal story. Um, in the second century, so about like hundred years after Jesus, 150 years after Jesus um, something was going on the Christians basically uh, the different countries all around where Christianity was uh, their practice for getting rid of dead bodies was throw them to the wilderness just throw a dead body to the wilderness animals would eat it, vultures would get it whatever put them in the gutters it doesn't matter and, and, and this was what they would do only to like the, the dregs of society like the homeless people the strangers those without families because the families would bury there They're dead properly. And so if there was someone, like a a begging cripple that died, they would just throw them out, out to the dump. Christians said this. Here's a quote from a Christian at, at that time. He said, we will not allow the image and creation of God to be thrown out to the wild beasts and the birds as their prey. It must be given back to the earth from which it came. And so Christians began to take these bodies and bury them. What's more is Christians together would buy entire burial sites and, and use them just for that purpose. And they would and they would give them an honoring burial service, whether they knew the person or not. There's a place called Catacumbas you can visit today. That's all a burial site where Christians said, man, this is a problem in our society. Let's fix it. Let's outdo one another showing honor. Let's show these people honor. And they would bury these people in. There was an emperor named Julian around this time, probably closer to the second or third century, who wanted to restore the Roman religion. He wanted to get Rome back to its roots of worshiping all of their gods. And he said this, he said, Christian faith has specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers. And though their care for the burial and through their care for the burial of the dead, it is a scandal. That there's not a single Jew who is a beggar. And that the godless, he called them godless. He called the Christians godless because he didn't believe in, them, in Jesus. And that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain for help that we should render, render them. So even this emperor, who hated Christians, he actually even called them atheists because he thought they didn't believe in God, in a God at all. He said, man, it bums me out that they're loving our world well. It bums me out that they're burying the dead we throw to the wilderness. It bums me out that there's no homeless people, or if there are, the Christians take care of them. It bums me out that they're doing this better than we are. We need to outdo our society and show it Early Christians got this. Christians throughout history got this. Christians now are getting for our church, I want us to start thinking of ways that we can do this as well. That we can outdo one another and show an honor. We need to be fueled by what Jesus did. We need to be fueled by the Holy Spirit living in us. What want to honor. All, all the ways God interacts with us is extremely honor. God says, okay, I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to live as a man. I'm going to love you guys well. I'm going to do all you need to be saved. I'm going to give you the honor that you, that you want, or not that you want, but I'm going to give you honor. And then he said, when I leave, though, I'm going to let, the the Holy Spirit is going to live in you. I'm jacked up. I can't believe that God says, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to live in you so that we can have a relationship and we can talk every day. And then God also says, I'm going to call you son. I'm going to change your heart to believe that you are my son. God has shown us so much honor we don't deserve. God has shown us so much honor we don't deserve. How much easier should it be for us to show honor to our fellow humans? How much easier should it be? And when we begin to do that, people will see the image of God on us all the more brightly. They will begin to see Jesus on us all the more, and they'll say, man, that's what I've been, that's what my heart and my soul has been wanting. That's what I need. As a church, let's outdo one another in one showing honor because the God of the universe deserves all honor. His has honored us more than we, we could ever deserve. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I can't believe, God, that you really do honor us in the way that you have. The so reality is God, is I, time and time again, I don't deserve honor. Time and time again, I choose my own way to do things. And yet, you show me so much honor, you brought me into your family. You let me talk to you as a friend. God, help us to, to remember that every day. Help me to remember that every day. Help me, as I go out, into my everyday life to look for ways to honor you. help us as a church to look at flagstaff and the world around us and say how can we outdo our society in showing honor how can we show honor in ways that they have experienced? so that God they might see you so God I just ask that as we begin to do that that you would cause people supernaturally to see the image of God, see Jesus on us, and that would cause them to follow you and love you. God, I thank you that you've earned the trophy and that you're offering it to all of us. God, we love you. We need you. Amen.